guys, welcome back to Starring Milana. I'm your host, Milana, and this is my fourth episode. I can't wait to be like, this is my hundredth episode, but right now, baby steps, we are on number four. Um, I'm wearing like baggy leather joggers today, so if you're watching this on YouTube, I look erect so I'm sorry, I don't have one of those, but it may appear to be, or it kind of looks like a, a belly situation. I don't know what's going on here, but just know that this don't belong to me. This is air. If you're listening on the podcast app, you obviously don't know what I'm talking about, but there is a visual to this podcast. <laughs> Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. And you can also see me. I don't know if you'll see the bulging part, but you can see me, catch me, talk to me, do whatever you need to do to me <laughs> on Instagram or Twitter at Starring Milana. If this is your first time listening, we have three segments on the show. And by we, I mean me, I have three segments. Oh, and Lena, I guess she's back there. She is my producer. So fine, I can say we. We have three segments on the show. The first one is called BTS, where we catch up and I give you a little bit of a preview of my past week. The second one is called Talkworthy, in which we take a few things that are going on in the media and kind of offer a different perspective on them. And the last segment is called Dropping Gems, in which I pick a topic of the week, which is very random, often inspired by an event or a conversation I had or something I read, just life experience, and I drop a few gems, okay? This week's topic is fun. It's about relationships. That's all I'm going to say. Um, you just have to keep listening. It is the last segment, but it's going to be a good one. And if you're listening to it on a podcast app, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. I really, really appreciate those. Okay. And I'm sure Apple Podcasts does too. <laughs> so don't forget to do that. All right, guys, let's get into the BTS segment of my life. First of all, it's a Friday night. It's about almost 11. I am full makeup, full face. Face is beat. Okay, hair burly done. Um, but a full ass outfit because I'm filming recording this for you guys. And I only got dressed up to do this for the podcast because I have had the longest, shittiest day at work. And I came home to do this because I'm very busy this week, okay? My boyfriend, weekend, should I say. My boyfriend is going to Jamaica, so I got to spend some time with him. Uh, I got my boy Corey's birthday tomorrow, so I'm going to go get wasted there. I got some friends to see this weekend, my grandma's birthday. So there's a lot going on, so I'm like, you know what? I just need to film and record this week's podcast on Friday instead of, you know, my usual Saturday, Sunday schedule, um, just so I can have it out for you guys, edited and ready to go on hashtag Milana Monday. Don't you forget it, okay? All right, so besides that, um, it's also the last week of January. That's crazy, okay? This is going to be crazy. When you guys hear this on Monday, it'll be the last week of January. And uh, how are those 2019 determinations going, folks? Are we still uh, holding tight, getting those getting those workouts in. I'm still working out for the most part. I'm still going to Orange Theory, still dragging my happy ass there, uh, seven o'clock in the morning and somehow asking why the fuck every time I leave. So that's still going on. I'm eating like decently. Well, you know, I'm still a pescatarian, still eating, you know, pretty healthy, but you know, just can't let go of the carbs. I had a veggie burger 
from Fat Burger yesterday, and I'm pretty sure that when we're done filming this today at like midnight, I might go to Shake Shack or whatever the fuck is open and get another veggie burger, okay? Because why? Can't stop, won't stop. I can't stop eating carbs, especially when I feel shitty. And right now, I feel shitty. Still reading, okay? Book club, still going strong. Ooh, ooh, listen, listen, listen to this, okay? So I'm at, a, at the part in Michelle Obama's Becoming where... Her and Barack meet, they're dating, and then he leaves to go back to school. And at the time, he's at Harvard and she's in Chicago. And this is the time before we had cell phones in our pockets, before we were texting and had, you know, just constant reach of one another. So you have a phone at your house, and if you're there when the person calls, yay, right? So this is the situation. So when he was leaving, um, she was like, we need to be on the phone, you know, all the time. And he was like, well, I'm not really a phone person. I'm more of like a letter writer. Like, I want to write letters. At this point, Michelle says to him, she said, well, you need to become a phone person or I'm going to find someone else who will listen. Let that shit sink in. What did we talk about last week? High maintenance. Now, if you don't think that's a form of being high maintenance, that's fine. I'm going to go ahead and take that shit and run with it because let me tell you, you say what you want and you own it. And if the other person doesn't do it, then that's on them. But guess what happened? Guess what happened? Obama did it. And look where we are now. Reading the first lady's book. She's, she's not the first lady anymore, but, you know, the ex-first lady, the former, former, English is my third language, former first lady's book, okay? So look at what a little bit of confidence and high maintenance will get you, okay? Anyway, the book is great. Um, really proud of myself and Lita for reading. Like, we're doing, we're doing pretty well. We're getting kind of far along. Uh, still using my planner, and I'm still podcasting. So my 2019 determinations are pretty much there. We're not hanging by a thread. We're swimming. We're doing good. We're getting air. We're good. Another thing. So I didn't know this because I was very busy, but I realized that Teen Mom 2 new season is back. Don't fucking judge me. I can feel you guys judging me as you're hearing this. Okay. I don't really watch a lot of reality TV. There's about <clears throat> three shows that I really watch. Um, Jersey Shore. You have no idea how happy I was when that came back. They are fucking great. I have never seen a better group of people on television. Their dynamic is amazing. These fucking punchlines that they came up with, I mean, what? Like, the best, creative. And whoever edits that show, good for them because they make everything even funnier. So that's one of the shows. The other one I watch is Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I think it's very interesting that when things happen to them, they don't really comment on that, and then you get to see how it plays out on the show. So I like that show as well. And the third show, or should I say, like, franchise, is Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom 2. I feel like I grew up with them because when they were 16 and pregnant, I felt like I was 16 and pregnant, okay, in high school. I was the same age as these girls, and we're the same age now. And watching their struggle and, like, who some of them have become is fascinating to me. And I just, like, love that... MTV has kept up with them, and it's, like, such a success. What else happened? Oh, okay. So I have two dogs. I have uh, Miley. She's three. And Popcorn, who is a puppy. And Popcorn, well, you know, he's humping a lot. 
he's humping a lot and he's very aggressive. And everyone's telling me that I need to go get him fixed or neutered. And I did. I I made the appointment and I decided to get him fixed. But you guys, I couldn't go through with it. Um, I canceled or postponed the appointment. I just feel so bad. Um, There's not enough medical research done that it actually directly, like if you don't get them fixed, it leads to testicular cancer. I read that in a few places. It might be a conspiracy theory for, you know, vets to make money. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. I just feel so bad. Like, cutting his balls. You guys, I'm ca- castration. Like, this poor puppy. I'm taking all of the little joy that he has in the world. So, right now, I'm just not mentally in a place where I can do that. So, uh, I postponed it. Um, yeah. Last thing I want to talk about. Another reason why it's been like a rough week for me is because, you know, my aunt Flo paid a visit, okay? If you don't know what that means, you might be a guy. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me reword this. Uh, the Red River has arrived, okay? The Red Wedding has occurred. Um, mm. The Crimson Tide, <laughs> okay? It's, it's been a rough week for your girl, okay? And you know what? Some people take some sort of hormonal thing every month, you know, maybe called birth control. That helps them with this kind of situation. Me, I'm struggling, okay? This has been a struggle for me since day one. I have the worst pains every single month. I'm like crawling up a wall on my first two days, and that's exactly what happened, and I still have to go to work. So, I think one of the things I want to talk about in the future episode is women getting paid leave during, like, at least a day or two during their their menstrual cycle. I know it's, like, a huge deal. Like, there's a lot of women who are against it and that are for it. But, you know, I really thought about it this week. I really thought about walking into work and just being like, what's the deal? You don't know my pain. You don't know my pain. (laughs) Like, you don't know what I'm going through. So we got to talk about this. So sorry if that was TMI, but... um. There was a BTS segment, okay? And now I'm going to move on to the talk-worthy segment. So, you know, people were acting out this week. I'm just going to stick to, like, three little situations. Okay, so Michael Cohen. If you don't know who he is, he's uh, Trump's ex-lawyer, and he has been charged with some really serious shit. We're talking, like, like, tax evasion, all kinds of shit. So this man's in hot water. I'm not here to talk about that. What I want to say is the shitstorm that came out this week about him paying a company using Trump's money, a, co- a social media-like company, to create a fake Twitter account called Women for Michael Cohen, in which they basically tweet about how uh, sexy he is and how powerful and strong he is. So this Twitter account was going on for a little while, and then it stopped, and then, you know, when all of this happened, it came out, right? How fucking humiliating is this shit? Let me tell you how embarrassing something like this is. This is the epitome of seeking the validation of many. This is the problem when you are trying to get like validation or approval by the masses. You do really desperate things like this and then 
it blows up and everyone knows about it, okay? So, uh, not good, not good. Kind of embarrassing. I really feel bad for the guy that this information even got out. I don't know if he signed an NDA or what, but it's out there. And, you know, I really just hope that he finds his inner sexy. So another big thing that was uh, in the news this past week was actually a really big deal. Uh, Chris Brown was arrested in Paris for rape, okay? Um, hmm. I was really shocked at how quickly people jumped to conclusions and how quickly everybody just counted him out. I mean, it was like a bandwagon of people just like, yeah, fuck Chris Brown, he deserves to go to jail, just like condemning him, you know, without having any hard facts. Um, one one person that really I was like kind of disappointed in, it sucks because I, I like her, is Eve, you know, and Eve is the rapper and she's now a personality, she's a host on the talk, right? So Eve was on the talk and she kind of she kind of jumped on that bandwagon. She basically insinuated that she believed that he was guilty, um, that he needed help. So when the news came out that he wasn't guilty and it wasn't true, she went on her social media account and she apologized. Um, and what she said was, I was just stating my opinion. You know, I'm sorry if I hurt anybody but I think these are things that need to be talked about. Yes, these are things that need to be talked about, right? We are in a, in a era or when we're talking about like men in power and the abuse of power. Yes, these are things that need to be talked about, but in a different manner. You know, the words that were used on the show were like, he needs to fix his brain. I mean, the way I think it could have been directed was if he's guilty, like if he did this, you know, like this is, this, these are words that should have been used and they weren't. And she did apologize. But I think the issue is you said these things on one platform and then you apologize on the other, but the reach is different. I think it would have made more sense. I don't know if this has anything to do with the producers of the show. Maybe they didn't agree. Maybe this was never even conversation to be had. But to me, it would have made sense to go back on the platform that you made these statements on and apologize there. But I do understand her side as well. You know, it's when someone has a track record, unfortunately, like these are conclusions that we jump to. It's like the boy who cried wolf, right? But we have to be gentle with our words. Rape is a very, very strong allegation. It's very serious, okay? We have to get the facts straight before we accuse somebody or condemn them immediately. But also, okay, let's not all be in denial. Innocent until proven guilty is how R. Kelly ended up with the docuseries, okay? A lot of people settle out of court, so... You know, we just all need to pay attention to the facts and really focus on that and get all the information that we need because we are in the age of information. Um, so use those resources and get all the information without jumping to conclusions, but also to do our own research and know the facts. And the last thing that I want to talk about uh, for the talk worthy segment is all of the stuff going on with Gina Rodriguez is not good. Okay. Uh, I know some of this happened a while ago, but it kind of came back around because she did an interview with uh, Sway. So basically, if you don't know, um, she's getting a lot of shit for being or what people are accusing her of being anti-black and, I guess, racist. A while ago, oh, by the way, Gina Rodriguez is the actress 
in Jane the Virgin. She has a movie coming out. So she's like a pretty, pretty good, pretty big career. So a while ago when Marvel released Black Panther and they were doing all of the promo for Black Panther, she tweeted like, I'm really happy for Marvel, but where are the... Latinos. And she got a lot of shit for that. And then she was doing an interview with, don't kill me if I'm pronouncing her name wrong, but Yara Shahidi. Uh, she was doing an interview with her and the, it was both of them being interviewed and the interviewer asked her, asked Yara, how does it feel to be such a role model for black women? And Gina said, all women a role model for all women. So she kind of like cut him off and said that. And she got a lot of shit for that as well. And then she was in a round table discussion discussing like women inequality and pay like in Hollywood. She was there with Ellen Pompeo, Gabrielle Union and Emma Roberts, right? And she said that she made a comment saying, you know, it's hard because white women get paid more than black women. Black women get paid more than Asian women. And then Asian women get paid more than Latina women. Again, got a lot of shit for that because at the time, and I think for a long time, Sofia Vergara has been, she's Latin, has been the highest paid actress in Hollywood. So that was another thing. So Twitter's been dragging her, right? They've been dragging her, calling her anti-black, calling her racist. Um, I don't think she's malicious, okay? I don't think she's anti-black. I don't, I personally don't think that. It may have come off like that, but, you know, like I always say, I always try to understand, like, the intention and the intent behind everything that a person says or does, right? I'm trying to understand with the information that I've been dealt. So as an outsider looking in, um, I just think that it's just kind of a bad case of awkward timing and ignorance, maybe. Um, so in the Yara Shahidi interview, I don't think she was trying to say that Yara is not a role model for black women. I think the opposite. She was trying to say that Yara is not only a role model for black women. She's a role model for all women. And she is, as she should be. And actually, Yara is half Iranian. So, you know, maybe she's a role model for Middle Eastern women. I, but I don't know if that was Gina's place to interrupt and to say. So... That's on that one. And the Black Panther and Marvel thing, bad timing. Just bad fucking timing, you know? I think that statements like these, you know, when she interrupts or the statements at the roundtable, um, you know, they kind of imply that the advancement of a, cert a certain culture is part of the problem. And that's what I'm getting from her. Um, sure, these are maybe insensitive, bad timing, not in good taste, but I don't think that she is anti-black or racist. I'm, I'm kind of nervous when people start to call those who aren't racist, racist, because what the fuck are we calling the actual racists? You know, we have to be careful with our words. Um, she just needs maybe some better PR, uh, just someone to kind of explain to her what's going on, like why people feel the way they feel. Maybe even the people that are dragging her, maybe these are the people that need to explain to her how this is insensitive and inappropriate uh, during these times, right? Um, that's my that's my perspective on her situation. Oh, oh, shit. If you're watching on YouTube right now, Lena is handing me a glass of wine. Oh, fuck. Handing me a glass of wine. Let's not ruin the equipment, Lena, please. Okay. Um, we're drinking wine because this is a stressful topic. Okay, but let me have a sip, okay? I'm just going to take a sip. 
Tis very good. Tis dry as fuck. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a cab. Um, all right, guys. So the topic that I want to talk about today is something that I've been wanting to talk about for years, and I have with like my friends, but never on some sort of platform. And now, since I have a podcast, I can just unload on you guys. So the topic for today is staying after infidelity. Okay. That means staying with that cheating ass. Okay, that's what that means, and we're going to talk about it. So if you would have asked high school or college Milana, would you stay with someone if they cheated on you? My immediate answer was hell to the fucking nah, okay? Then, towards the end of college, I came up with this, like, speech. I used to tell every guy that I was dating right away, if you cheat on me, like, if you fuck up, just come and tell me. Just tell me. I'd rather hear it from you than hear it from anyone else. Because if I hear it from someone else, then I look stupid. First of all, guys, the level of fucking pride in that speech is already problematic. Like, how prideful was I? And then second, as fucking if, like, as if somebody's going to cheat on your ass, then come and knock on your door to tell you about it. Okay? No. Like, what? Was I delusional? But anyway, I gave this speech like I was fucking onto something. Like, this person was going to come tell me and let me know that they cheated on me, okay? Um, let's be clear, though. I have been cheated on from my knowledge, one time in one relationship. Again, from my knowledge, okay? And if you aren't the person I'm talking about, then you got away with it. Good for you, honey. Good for you. So it was a short relationship. Uh, He cheated on me. You know, it was so many layers of bullshit that uh, it deserves a segment and like a topic of its own because I didn't stay with him. So I, I can't really talk about it. Like I didn't stay with him. I can't talk about it on today's episode because today's episode is about staying after being cheated on. So I'm not going to talk about it. But let me tell you, he was a loser. I got bamboozled. It happened. It happens to the best of us. You know, People laughed. It was a thing. It was a thing, okay? And I will talk about it, I promise. But anyway, so so I, I stuck to my guns and I did not stay with him after he cheated on me, okay? But now, I feel like as you get older and you experience more and you understand more, your answer kind of tends to change, right? It's no longer... I mean, for me anyway, and for a lot of people I know, it goes from like an instant no to kind of like, what's the context? Or I don't know, or it's debatable. Because every situation and every relationship is different, and you realize that as you get older. It's not like an easy yes or no, right? It's not black or white. It's it's a very, very complicated topic, and it's a very complicated question, Um And that's kind of where I landed with it. I just don't know. It took years of my own relationships, heartbreaks, listening to my friends' experiences, just understanding forgiveness for me to come to a point of, I don't know. And I think most people are kind of there now too because there's a lot of factors to consider when you have been cheated on. I'm going to go into some factors that play into, you know, if you've been cheated on, should you say. So, First of all, there's levels of disrespect, okay? I hear people saying cheating is cheating. Like, all cheating is the same. It's fucking not. Let's be clear. 
there's obviously the underlining aspect of betrayals in all form of cheating. That is all true. But all cheating is not the fucking same. There's levels to this shit. First of all, was it inappropriate texts or DMs? Was it a drunken makeout session? Was it a random, like, one-night stand? Was it emotional? Was it physical? Was it ongoing and deep? Was it your sister? Was it your brother? Was it? Was it? Okay, there's levels to this shit, right? Another factor to consider is, are you dating or married? So the way I process things logically, I would think that if you got cheated on by a husband or a wife, it is, it's kind of harder to leave immediately, right? It's kind of harder to say, yes, I would leave. I feel like when you're married to somebody, you've made some investments, right? Time is one of them. I mean, documents, changing names. Maybe you have a mortgage together. Maybe life insurance. Maybe you have a kid. I think that when you're married, that becomes kind of blurred, right? You kind of tend to try to make it work just because of everything that's invested. But somebody can look at it differently. Somebody can say, if you cheat on me in a marriage, if you have an affair, you you made a vow to me, right? Now you are breaking an oath that we made under God or whatever you believe in. So I would leave. But if you cheat on me in a relationship, we're not married yet. Like, we're just dating, so I might forgive you. I have heard both sides of it. So that's something else to consider. Another factor is, is that person really sorry? Or are they just sorry that they got caught? Okay, pleading for forgiveness may actually be like guilt and regret of getting caught. And the factor that I think is also very, very important is, was it reckless and public? Now, this might just be my pride speaking. I don't know. But I think that when somebody really, really loves you and just made a mistake, it wouldn't be so reckless and so public. I feel like people that do it publicly, like people that do it around their friends and like now their friends know and now everyone's thinking and looking at you wondering, how do you not know he's cheating on you? Like now you look stupid. It kind of seems like a sick fucking joke and you are the only one that's not in on it. I think that is very careless. Um, and you should really consider that when you're thinking about if you should stay with that person, which leads me to my last point, my last factor. Is it their first time? Is it their first time cheating and getting caught? Okay, if you've already been through it, if you've already been through the forgiveness process, if you uh, already spent time processing this and letting it go and they do it again, you know, I don't have the answer for this. I don't have the answer for uh, multiple offenders. I don't know. The question that I would ask somebody as an outsider is, you know, is this a, a good person who's made the same mistake several times and just doesn't, hasn't learned from it? Or is this a person who just doesn't want to be in a monogamous relationship? These are examples and these are the factors that I'm, that I'm kind of talking about. Um, so if you've, you've considered those factors and you decide to stay, here's what I think you should do. Again, let me be clear. I'm not an expert on this. I, like I said, I have never been cheated on and stayed with a person. So I can only give you my opinion and perspective based on just research, personal, friends' experiences, that kind of stuff, okay? If you decide to stay... The first thing I would say is don't be impulsive. I don't recommend immediately like 
because you're hurt breaking up with a person um, or going to do the same thing, you know, going to cheat, right? I don't, I don't recommend being impulsive. Nothing good. Okay, let me not, let me not say nothing. Most good things don't come from impulsive behavior. Um, I would really think that you should process what happened and. I don't know, kind of like break it down and and feel it. Just feel everything. Uh, the second thing I would say is don't tell everybody. I know you want to unload immediately. Like you just you just want to call somebody because you're in such like such a shock and just like talk to somebody about it and tell someone what you what you went through. But you have to be careful who you tell because not everyone is gonna give you the advice or the feedback that you want to hear or maybe necessarily need to hear okay you might tell the wrong people and when I say wrong people I want to say judgmental people and the reason why those people are the wrong people is because they cannot see or think outside of their own experience the second that you tell them this happened and then decide to stay now your family and your friends, you have a lot of friends that are like this. Now your family and friends are kind of looking at you sideways. Like, girl, or bro, really? Like, you really going to stay with this person after what they did to you? You know, it's hard to, to understand experiences like this if, if you've never been in them. So um, they might make you feel guilty. You know, they might make you feel shame. It's very common. And also, even if they don't make you feel those things, you might feel those things by staying with a person and then going back and, and giving giving your family and friends updates about what's going on or even bringing that person back around. Like, it just becomes a very weird situation. I'm not telling you not to tell your loved ones or people that are close to you. You should, but be careful who you tell because if you, in that impulsive moment, when you're calling them and you're unloading and then you decide to stay, just know that some of that is coming back to you, okay? But definitely talk to someone. I do not recommend um, kind of handling this kind of stuff on your own, whether it's a therapist or somebody that you trust. Definitely talk to somebody because it's really bad to kind of like bottle it all up, okay? The next thing that I think you need to do if you decide to stay is get all of the information. Ask all of the hard questions, all of them. Like, what happened? How did it happen? Where did it happen? If it was physical, what position did it happen in? Was it raw? I mean, these are things that you need to ask because you need to know all of it. You don't want these things coming out later, right? You need to have all of the hard facts and what you do with that information is on you. But I really think to be able to process the whole thing and understand like how it happened or why it happened, you really need to know that information. And with that being said, why did it happen? That is the biggest question. Now, if your significant other doesn't tell you the truth, then that's on them. But, but but if you are the cheater, this is your moment to get out everything that you need to say. Was it just because you were careless and it happened? Was it emotional? Was it was it because you weren't feeling something in your relationship and you seeked it elsewhere? Was it physical? Was it sexual? What was the reason? Um, you need to really dig deep and get that information. Next is don't play the blame game. The worst thing you can do is first blame yourself because regardless of what you did or a lack thereof, it's not an excuse to be betrayed in this way. It's never okay to be cheated on, right? But also the constant blaming and the shame to the cheater won't help the situation out either if you're trying to move 
past it. Sometimes it's not you, it's them. Like even if you get hurt in the process, people cheat for different reasons. Oftentimes it's like reckless and it's selfish, but other times there's a lack in the relationship or there's something personal that they might be dealing with that has nothing to do with you. Lastly, I think if you decide to stay, you need to let it go. And I mean like let that shit go all the way. You go through the process, even if it takes a long time, you take some fucking space, you cry, you reflect, you take a trip and get wasted. I don't care what the fuck you have to do. You do what you have to do and then you let it go. Like if your partner has done everything that you have asked them to do, right? If they didn't try to dictate the time of your healing, if they're remorseful and they're kind of like instilling hope in the relationship, if they're doing everything that you've asked them to do and they're being patient in your process, then you have to let it go. And you can't randomly bring it up in arguments. Um, You cannot use it in like as a weapon. You have to just let it the fuck go. And I think that's the hardest part for people. I think that it's something that keeps like coming up or just like, you know, reliving in the, in the relationship. But if you really decide that you're going to make this work and get past it, like as much as it might hurt, you have to kind of like just try to wipe it out of your head. Like I know I get it. Like granted, it's, it's easier said than done. That's why I think like self-awareness is very important in situations like this. If you know yourself, if you know that you are naturally an insecure person or maybe you're a jealous person, you have to be honest with yourself and your ability of letting something like this go. It might not be worth taking the time to try to make it work because at the end, it might not work for you at all. I think that if you continue to like harbor resentment and the hurt, um, it's going to affect the relationship and the healing process just negatively. Like, it's never going to work. Like, if you want to stay, you you need to let it go. So, like I said, self-awareness is very important. If you know you're not capable of it, I don't recommend wasting your time. However, you also have to consider that you never know what you can overcome until you're faced with it. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is the idea if, you know, of cheating is the idea if that person really loved me, then they wouldn't have cheated on me. I don't think that it's true, right? I don't know if humans are actually wired for monogamy. This is a a concept that I'm really intrigued with. There's a science behind it. I'm not sure about it. But what I can tell you is that it's a fucking choice that you make every single day of your life for yourself and your partner, okay? It's hard, but it's a gift that you give every day. Like, monogamy is a gift that you give every day. If you slip up under the assumption that it's not your fault or your partner will kind of get over it, just remember that it changes the relationship forever, okay? And most of the time for the bad, sometimes for the good because it opens lines of communications. I have seen that in relationships, but most of the time it's for the bad. Regardless, it becomes the narrative of your relationship. It's always there. It's a part of your story. last thing that I want to say is um, if you decide to stay after being cheated on, Figure out the reason why you're staying. Is it because you're really in love with this person? Is it because 
you believe that you can go past this and this is like your one person, like this is the one person for you. Is it that or is it because you're lazy? Is it because you don't want to go and meet anyone else? Is it because you're lazy to try to dig deep and try to figure out why you're worthy and what's special about you? You can't be lazy in love. That's that's a really big deal. You cannot be lazy in love. And if that's your reason, I really kind of urge you to work hard and figure out what's beautiful about you and what's worthy about you. Like I said, I don't know what I would do if it were me in a situation like that. But one thing that I can say I would do immediately is uh, seek God because I've built and established this relationship with God. And for me, that's the only way that I can, that's my guidance, right? That's my confidence, my, my everything, right? So I personally would seek God in a, in a situation like that, pray about it, ask for signs, ask for wisdom, ask for forgiveness uh, for me to be able to forgive that person, whether I decide to stay or not, but the strength to forgive and just courage, you know? I think for a lot of people, it's the lack of courage is where they end up in these situations where they keep going back, especially to uh, repeat cheaters. That's kind of how I would make my decision because when I pray, I receive. When I ask, I receive. That was uh, another heavy, slightly depressing (laughs) topic that I've always wanted to talk about. So I wanted to end it on a high note. Thank you guys for listening. I love you guys so much. Even if I don't know you, thank you. Oh, and we've, we are actually got two more states. If you don't remember last week, um, our stats show that we were in 17 U.S. states, but now we're in 19. So thanks, North Dakota and Pennsylvania, for <laughs> listening. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but thank you for listening. And um, love you guys, and we will talk next week. <laughs>